0: Alrighty, kia ora. good to see you all, hey, um, kia ora video people, kia ora podcast people, how you doing? Awesome, good to have you connecting in, I'm a pastor so we can read mine, so I knew that they were all like, nah, I don't know, good to connect, it is funny, I've had heaps of people who do watch, the, like we still get heaps of people watching video and podcast and they're always like, oh, we just love it when you say hello, it makes us feel like we're part of it, so it's like, we love you podcast people, we love you video people, all good. Hey, so today, you need to hold on to your seats, because we're in James chapter 2, which John just read, um, which until you read James chapter 3 and 4 and 5, it feels like one of the most wild books in the New Testament, because it's so in your face. Um, and it feels to me like it's one of those ones you've really got to hold on, right, because it's pretty full on. So um, hopefully, like last week, I encouraged you to read through the book of James each week, which is really easy, so I won't do a show of hands. Um, and it's only five chapters, so it's, real, it's really easy. You can do it like, you know, just do a chapter a day, cruise through it. Um, I'm loving it, eh? I'm loving it, reading a chapter a day. It's kind of like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, but the big thing to, to think as we go through this is I've got two main points, and they're both pretty full-on, and so I kind of need you to focus or you're going to think I'm like the most heretical preacher in the history of heretical preachers. So um, by way of illustration, um, in a second, we're gonna watch a little video, that when I was growing up, so if you're kind of older, as soon as you see this video, you'll be like ho, 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 ho. If you're younger, you'll be like, I have no idea what's happening right now, this is super weird, but it's all about holding on. So we'll start with this, so thanks, tech team. Uh, Who remembers, anyone remember that ad? Oh, come on, a few hands, I love that ad, eh? so good. All right, um, so hold on, because that's pretty, James 2 is pretty full on. That was a lot point in that hilarious video. Um, okay, so I got two kind of points, if you like. Can you jump to the um, next slide, the demonstrate love slide, thanks? Yeah, so um, first point is demonstrate love in action, right? Demonstrate love in action. This is the first 13 verses, so um, pretty, pretty easy one to understand, I think. This. So I want to read just verses 3 and 4 again. So if you've got your Bible, good to follow along. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which is what I think John uh, read. So I'll just read verses 3 and 4 again, and we're thinking about demonstrating our love in action. Um, where are we? Verse 3. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, and I loved how John read it, you can sit over there, <laughs> sit on the floor. It's <laughs> so good. Um, and then this verse 4 is really full on. Well, doesn't that, this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives, right? Um, Pretty full on. Now, James is just using this as an example. So heaps of commentators are saying, he's not you know, saying this is the only issue. He's saying a, a good example of discrimination, a good example of judgment in his day is around rich and poor. And so it's for us to figure out what are some of the areas that we discriminate and we judge people on because, I love this quote, look at this quote. Uh, this is from the Bible Knowledge Commentary. It says, the illustration is followed by a penetrating inquiry. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves? The question in Greek assumes an affirmative answer. James' brethren must plead guilty not only to discriminatory divisions, but also to assuming the role of judges with evil thoughts or partiality. So this kind of, I don't know, pokes you in the eye a little bit, because the way James is, it doesn't come across in the English, but you know obviously James wrote it in the, in the Greek. In the Greek, it's really, really clear that when he says this, he's not saying... If you discriminate, he's saying when you discriminate. He's not saying if you judge, he's saying when you judge. And when we're honest with ourselves, we all know we have blind spots, right? (laughs) We do discriminate, we do judge. It's just what we do as humans. Um, This uh, this really hits me, because I know there's a bunch of areas in my life that I'm really working on where I still just default to discriminate. I still default to judge someone for, for different things, right? Um, I don't know about you and, and I'm going to pray in a minute and I just really as I was preparing this this week I just kept thinking I'm going to list a few real simple, simple ones but I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will convict you now or over the next little while that we're going through James what are some of the blind spots? Because often the areas that were discriminatory against people we're just not aware of it Um, the the areas that we sometimes judge people, we're just not really aware of it because we think it's right, which is why we're discriminating, why we're judging. Are you with me, eh? And so, yeah. So some kind of obvious ones, right? Um, Maybe it's the rich and poor thing that you struggle with. And maybe you're like, man, poor people need to just seriously get a a better job. They need to just literally stop being so poor, work harder, work longer, right? I know people talk like that. On the other side, there's people that that really struggle with rich. And they're like, man, rich people make me so angry with their flash cars and their big houses. Why don't they give more money me you <laughs> to the church so it's so, like whoa that's exactly what James is saying not to do you see that hey eh? um, kids is another one I hear a lot man why don't these people raise their kids the way I think they should raise their kids if you're on the podcast I'm doing quotes and with my fingers right um, dis- discriminatory right judgment <laughs> um, and then the, the whole massive issue at the moment around the LGBTQ plus stuff um, is is discrimination and judgment Now, I'm going to talk more about that in a minute so don't Jump out the window yet. Um, But what does it look like for me not to be discriminatory against someone who is living a different way that I don't agree with? What does it look like for me not to judge them, right? And James is going to talk about this, so it's kind of cool. Again, it's up to God to to talk to you, so I'm not not kind of worrying about it. I'm leaving it up to Him. Um, But verse 4 is pretty full on, and when John read it and when I read it before, I was like, man, this is such a grunty verse. He says, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? (laughs) It's guided by our evil sin. It's guided by our arrogance. It's guided by our, I am right and you are wrong. That's why I'm discriminating against you. That's why I'm judging you in these these different kind of areas. Um, Okay, let me, I just want to pray. I'm going to keep preaching. So it's not the shortest sermon ever. And everyone's like, woohoo, best sermon. So I'm going to, I want to do a bit more. Um, But I just really wanted to pray. So let me pray, let me pray. Yeah, morena Atua. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I thank you for how clear, James, is that it's not if we discriminate or judge, it's when. Um, even the most spiritual of us in this room still we still mess up on this. We still judge someone's lifestyle, the way they drive their car, the house, the boat, the <laughs> shoes, the whatever, we're, we're just, I don't know, we're so inherently arrogant in our, we're right in this. Um, so I just really pray in the name of Jesus right now that um, anyone listening on the podcast or watching on video or any of us in this room, eh, we want to be more like Jesus. That's why we're here this morning. We want to grow in Christ-likeness. And James is making a really clear point that, that a key aspect of that is to remove discrimination, remove judgment. So reveal it to us, God. We're really good at being blind in the areas that we're blind in. And so we know that a key part of your word, a key role of the Spirit, is to guide us, to convict us. So show us. Hey, we we, we want to learn. We want to change. We want to become more like Jesus. Yeah, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. I did tell you to hold on, didn't I, eh? <laughs> it's the video. Um, another like cool verse in this, in this first section, I mean they're all cool verses because the word of God, but you know what I mean. Um, verses 8 and 9, I love this. Yes indeed, it's good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures, love your neighbour as yourself. But if you favour some people over others, you're committing a sin, you're guilty of breaking the law. Um, so I wanted to be real clear here, and I, I'm going to try and say this really carefully. But if, if this doesn't make sense, if you're on the podcast or video, feel free to email me, text me, whatever. Um, I'll, or have a chat to me afterwards. So there's two things James is not saying in this discriminatory judgment kind of stuff. Um, the first thing he's not saying is anything goes, right? So he's not saying, just love everyone. What, people can do what they want, live how they want. It's totally not what he's saying. So if you got your Bible, jump down to verses um, 10 and 11. It says, for the person who keeps all the laws except one is guilty, is as guilty as a person who's broken all of God's laws. The same God who said you must not commit adultery, said you must not murder, and so on and so on. So James is saying that the the royal law, the law of God is the standard. We're not the standard because we discriminate and we judge. We are not the standard. But there is a standard, and the standard is God and God's word. Makes sense, eh? So he's not for a second saying, everything goes, just love everyone, celebrate whatever. He's not saying that. He's saying you need to understand God's law. There is a law. But at the same time, he's saying the key is to love. And do you see how, like, if you look at the verses again, it's interesting, he puts love as the first thing, love your neighbor as yourself, and then he talks about sin. And this is, to me, kind of obvious, but if I want to hold someone to the law of God as I understand it, the number one thing I have to do is love them. I can't just bowl up to them and tell them. Makes sense, right? (laughs) Now, for me to love them, there has to be a significant relationship with that person. Otherwise, they don't know I love them. You're tracking with me, eh? So what I'm trying to say is James is not saying anything goes, but he's also not saying, I think, that as Christians, as people, we have a right to just call everyone out. What he does say first is love them as you love yourself, which takes time and energy. Develop a relationship, develop a connection. And then when I have that relationship, and then when I hear God saying to me, okay, Craig, now gently and in love, it's time to say to that person, hey, (laughs) let's think what the law of God, you know what I mean, eh? It's that time. So he's not saying anything goes. Um, the other thing that he's, he's not saying, and this is a, a cl- hilarious one I find in society at the moment. He's also not saying, by loving someone I agree with or I condone their actions. So he's also not saying, by loving someone I agree with or I condone their actions. Um, and this is a massive one. If you're on, I live in social media. I just love social media. Josephine, social media. No, me, like X. So it used to be Twitter. I just love X, oh my gosh, changed my life. Anyway, one of the things that cracks me up on there is if someone thumbs, hearts, depending on which platform you're on, they can just get slammed because it's like, oh my gosh, you totally agree with everything that person believes. It's like, no, 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 I was just agreeing with that one comment, not their entire universe. Or vice versa, you put an angry face and it's like, how dare you? Ah, it's, like, no, 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 it was just that one tiny little thing. So by loving someone, I'm not saying I agree with their lifestyle, I agree with their car, I agree with their house, <laughs> or oh, whatever. Um, the way they raise their kids, their, their whatever, I'm just saying I, I love them and I want to care for them and I want to be a part of their life. And so often we leave the God sorting out all that stuff to God, and so, so, so often he just does it in his own time and beautifully, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I never even had to talk to him about that thing. because. God did it. Oh, that's right, he's God, you know. So, so James is not saying anything goes. He's also not saying when I show love to someone who lives in a different way than me because I've got a flash car because I are it or whatever that I'm condoning or agreeing with everything. Um, yeah. So a couple of, I thought this was kind of heavy. So a couple of silly stories. Um, I was talking to Jade uh, this week. We were talking about this um, as we casually do in the cafe. Um, so Jade's our amazing cafe manager. Um, And we were just talking about how funny, and I, because Jade's perfect in every way. Amen, church? Amen. Uh, I am totally not, whoa, one of Jade's friends just died laughing. She is perfect. How could you even do that? Um, So a couple of times when I discriminate or I judge that Jade would never obviously do this, um, a classic one is when you're on the till. So someone's when it's real busy, I jump on the till. And the classic one is when someone walks in and they look really angry or really upset or just really, and instantly you're like, Okay, I'm gonna be ready. Ah, hello, you know. And so often they go from angry resting face to hey, how's it going? Good to see you. I'll oh, get seven coffees and two whatever, and you're like, oh my gosh. And I always feel bad because it's like, man, I totally just based on the look on their face, I judge them, right? I judge that they were gonna come up and be like, oh, sorry, stupid cafe, coffee, right? Again, Jade would never do that. Only me. Um, a funny one that I've done heaps, but that I don't do anymore. That Jade and I were talking about is when we take food um, to people's um, tables. And so the classic, and again, this is excellent judgment. So the classic one would be loaded fries and a small salad, right? So loaded fries here at the cafe are huge. The number of times I take them out, and the people are like, oh my gosh, that is loaded fries, oh my gosh, which I think is good to hear. Um, And I'll go out and there'll be some massive dude, like maybe not as buff as me because I'm pretty extreme, and like some real slim lady sitting at a table, and you're walking up and you've got your loaded fries in the salad and you're like, I know who's having the loaded fries, this is like serious dude. And then you go to put it down, the lady's like, oh no, that's for me. And the guy's like, I'll have that salad. And you're like, what? Just And again, it's like just judgment, right? Discrimination. So, um, A classic one, I know I talk about this all the time, is kids in the cafe. So this week, again, there was a kid in the cafe, and it had one of the wooden toys, and those little coffee tables, when you bang them with a wooden toy, loudest noise you've ever heard in your life. Kids just stand there screaming, banging it, banging it, banging it. Two mums on the couches, just chatting away, and I'm over on the other side of the cafe trying to work, and I'm like, and like judgment and discrimination, but I have no idea what's going on in their life, right? I have no idea what's going on in that lady's life. Maybe if it went for half an hour, I might go over and be like, hey, I'm just wondering, could we give them a soft toy? <laughs> I don't know. You know, what? I'm trying to use just silly, fun examples, but we're really quick to judge. We're quick to discriminate when people are different um, to us. So, so let me summarise this whole first point. Pretty simple. James is saying, like it or not, we do discriminate and judge, but instead, our faith should be seen in our love for people. Simple, all right? Our faith should be seen in our love for people. Um, here's a little story about a missionary that I was reading this week. This is a true story. I love this. It's talking about faith and, and action and, and kind of working out love for people. Um, so a guy, R.W. Um, Dehan, I don't know how you say his name, wrote of a missionary who, shortly after arriving on the, spe- on the field, was speaking for the first time to a group of villagers. He was trying to present the gospel to them and began by describing Jesus, referring to him as a man who was compassionate and kind, loving hearing one who went about doing good works towards all people when he was speaking he noticed that the lesson brought smiles of familiarity to the faces of his audience and some of them nodded their heads to one another in agreement he was somewhat puzzled and he interrupted his message to ask do you know who I'm talking about one of the villagers quickly responded yes 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 we do you're talking about a man who used to come here eagerly they told about a missionary doctor who came to their remote village to minister to their physical needs And his life was so like Christ and caring for those people that they saw Jesus in him. He walked like Jesus walked. I love that, eh? (laughs) I love that. No discrimination, no judgment, just being Jesus, loving, like James said, loving as we love ourselves. Oh, so good. All right, so here's a little quote from um, a commentary that kind of transitions us from that first part to the second um, half of the chapter. Um, And I thought this was just real helpful. So a believer must not only demonstrate their love by ready acceptance of others, but they must also demonstrate their faith by responsible aid to others, right? So responsible faith to others. Um, So that's the second part of this, right? Real faith is seen in action. Real faith is seen in action. Whoa. Now this this one here is a bit of a funky section because, so Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther, um, when he re- read James and was reading a commentary on James, this is back, you know, hundreds of years. He called James. Does anyone know what he called James? A right, yeah, a right strawry epistle is what he called it, because he felt that it just totally contradicted everything that Paul says, and he was like, had to wrestle with it. Um, so there's a real, uh, a real ease in misinterpreting what James says and kind of getting yourself into a bit of a crazy place. So I want to try and explain this real, um, really carefully. So. Here's the first little bit of this. So we're going to read verses 15, uh, 17 and 19 again. And we're thinking about this practical, like living out our faith. Um, and so I put this up here. A verbal profession of faith with no action is not true faith. So I say that again. A verbal profession of faith with no action is not true faith. So let me read these verses, um, and then I think you'll kind of understand where I'm going. So verse 17 just says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good good deeds. It is dead and useless. And so what he's saying it's pretty simple. And I'll read verse 19 and to me that makes it even more clear. Now if this offends you or makes you upset just remember, word of God not Craig. So if you're angry, be angry with God, not with Craig. Nah, you can talk to me. What, he's, what James is saying in the second half very, very clearly is that if you claim to have faith but there's no outflow, there's no actions, there's no works, whatever you want to call it then he says you don't have faith. <laughs> you just have a profession. You just say you believe in God, but you really don't believe in God because if you really did believe in God, it would totally change you and there would naturally be oozing out of you actions and works and love. Make sense, eh? are You with me? Thanks, those that are with me. All right. Verse 19. You see it real clear here in verse 19. This is one of those crazy verses. You say you have faith, um, for you believe there is one God. Good for you. <laughs> Even the demons believe this, uh, and they tremble in terror. How foolish, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? (laughs) Um, So I I really, I say this real carefully, right, because I care about you. Um, And I say this real carefully, podcasts and video people, because I know some of you just kind of connect in and don't, which is totally cool, it's up to you and Jesus, but when you look at the second half of this chapter, you have to ask yourself the question, what do I see in my life? Right? You have to ask yourself the question, what actions, what works, what is coming out of me? And if what is coming out of you is not service for God, then James would say, and I would say, then you are not saved. So I'll say that again real real bluntly. If when you look at your life and you don't see a natural desire, because it's naturally going to come out of you if you're saved, a natural desire to serve God in the church, in the community, in your family, wherever. If you don't see a natural desire to serve God in some way, then according to James, you're not saved. (laughs) You're not saved. So I want want to read um, verse 19 again. You say you have faith If you believe there's one God. Well, good for you, even the demons believe. (laughs) So he's saying you just have this profession. You say you believe in God. He's like, sweet ass. Demons believe that, but they don't do anything about it. That's all you've got. And then that last bit, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So to me, this makes it (laughs) Pretty blunt, I reckon. It should just naturally come out of us. And, and I'll, I'm going to read some verses here from other parts of the Bible that make it really clear. And that what these verses to me say very clearly is that when I become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell and dwell me, right? Live within me. And a natural outflowing of the Holy Spirit dwelling in me is a desire to serve God. It doesn't make me saved. I'm saved because I believe in God. I'm going to read that in a minute. But when I believe in God, naturally out of me will become a desire to serve God. And so if there's no serving God, then I don't really have true faith in God. It makes you with me, eh? am getting a lot of scary looks on people's faces, but I shall carry on. All right, so here's some verses that make this real clear. This one's kind of obvious. First Corinthians 12, verse 7. I'll, this is one of my favorite verses. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual excuse me, gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Um, sorry. When you're given a gift that's wrapped, I've found there's, there's one of two people. There's one person who was like one of Joseph's grandmothers who very carefully unwrapped it, normally with a very sharp knife. To re- There's a few people looking at other people. Whoa, didn't mean to. Carefully, because they could reuse the paper, right? And so they're very carefully opening it, and they put it to the side, and they've got their gift. So let's do it, eh? We'll do hands. Who's that? Who's that when you do it? Okay. You're all just weird, just so you know. Um, on the other side, there's people like me who are like, yeah, give me the gift. And you're just like, ah. <laughs> and you're, who's the ripping? The crazy, yeah, yeah, Where well, the good ones go us, So, but, but the point is, when you get a gift, you want to use it, right? No one, unless there's something really weird going on, gets given a gift and goes, oh, thank you so much. I'll store this in a cupboard. So, what? No, open it and use it, right? And so when I read this verse, to me, it's really clear that um, Paul who wrote this, Paul's saying when someone becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit gives them a gift that they will just naturally use. (laughs) They'll naturally use it. There's no such thing as being a Christian and receiving a gift from the Holy Spirit, which is all service, right? If you read the rest of the chapter, it's all service. And they put it to the side. He's like, no, no, that doesn't happen. So when you receive that gift, you use it. So if you're a Christian, you have a gift, and it just naturally comes oozing out of you, right? Um, this next one's a bit in your face, but I love what Jesus says here. So this is Jesus speaking in verse uh, John 15, verse 14. And he says, you're my friends if you do what I command, right? <laughs> if you do what I command. So the, the inverse of this is pretty obvious. If you don't do what Jesus commands, then you're not Jesus' friend. Pre- pretty obvious, right? <laughs> so again, it's really easy. How do I figure out if I'm a friend of Jesus? How do I figure out if I'm saved? Um... Yeah, the, and then the other side is true, that if I do what Jesus commands, if I'm serving him, if I'm obeying, then duh, I'm a friend of Jesus, right? It's not rocket science. Um, so one of my kids is always hassling me, because I always talk about having tons of friends, and I don't know why, like, if I just even meet one person for coffee once, and then later on, my, one of my kids was like, oh, who'd you have coffee with? I'd be like, oh, it was my friend, Nigel. I, they're now in my friend category, right? Anyone like that? You just, everyone's your friend? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, So I checked on Facebook and I have 1,380 friends, which is way down on what I used to have, which means a whole bunch of people have unfriended me, so I'm quite hurt, to be honest. But most of them, not most, but heaps of them, I have no idea who they are. (laughs) And so I've been doing a lot of unfollowing lately, so if you're not on Facebook, unfollowing is where... You no longer see them in your feed and all their, their story and all that rubbish, all that great stuff, I should say, um, but you're still friends, and the reason most people unfollow someone rather than unfriending them is because they're kind of nervous that the person will see they've been unfriended and be like, whoa, you unfriended me, that's so hurtful, so you unfollow them, and they have no idea. They think you're still friends and seeing all their pictures and pictures of their cat and their food and all this kind of stuff, so I've got 1,380 friends down a lot, which is shocking. Um, But like I said, heaps of them, I just have no idea who they are. (laughs) The thing will come up and I'll be like, who the heck is Janice, whatever, I don't know, unfollow. Who the heck is Brian, unfollow. Um, As opposed to that, Bevan is my actual friend. (laughs) Um, I don't even think we're friends on Facebook, which is a bit hurtful, bro, but anyway. um, Bevan's my actual friend. And one of my things I always think about to figure out if someone's a real friend or not is the 2am thing. You guys know the 2am thing, right? If my world is falling apart at 2am, could I call that person and would they drop everything to come and help me? And I'll try not to get emotional when I say it, but I know Bevan would do that because he's legit. (laughs) If my world was falling apart, something terrible would happen and I rang Bevan at 2 and he answered because his phone would probably be on silent. Rude. (laughs) Um, I know he'd drop everything and come because he's a real friend, right? He's not one of my 1,380 kind of fake friends. Um, friendship always involves action, right? We catch up for coffees. Um, we're going to have our families have lunch after church in a, in a couple of weeks. We do stuff together. That's what Jesus is saying, right? Friendship is, is doing. It's being. It's not just saying, you're my friend on Facebook, but I don't even know who you are. <laughs> um, so again, I know I told you to hold on when we watched that video. Um, are you really a friend of Jesus? <laughs> the, the simple thing he says is, you'll obey me. You'll do. You'll do. You'll serve. Um, Easy for you to kind of answer, right? Or are you, just a, are you just a Facebook friend of Jesus where you like see his posts and you like them occasionally, but there's no relationship, you know? Um, here's one more. I had like a zillion of these verses, but here's just one more, this Galatians 1, 15, uh, 16 to 18. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Um, I, I love what Paul's saying there. It's like, it's not only, how do I know if I'm really saved? It's not only what James is saying in these other verses where I see in my actions, it's also in my hatred of sin, my growing desire to fight sin, because the Spirit is naturally going to call me away from sin, right? I just wanted to chuck that in because it's a little bit different. So here's that first kind of point. A a verbal profession of faith with no action is not true faith. Um, And then here's the second little bit. James is not saying that actions or works or whatever you want to say um, adds to a person's faith. He's totally not saying that, right? So I just want to look at a couple of verses real quick so we get this really clear. And I wanted to look um, not at what um, James is saying so we can see it in other Parts of the Bible, so if you've got your Bible, jump over to Acts 16, 30, so the simple question is, is James saying, if I only have faith, but I don't have works, I'm kind of saved, but until I do the works, or until I do the service of God, or obey Jesus, then I'm really saved, and it's like, no, no, he's not saying that at all. He's just saying when you believe in God, you'll naturally have good things, service for God coming out of you. That's where I'm going. So Acts 16, um, verse 30, it um, says, uh, then, and long story, Peter, jail, a whole bunch of crazy stuff happening. Um, then he brought them out and asked, Suze, what must I do to be saved? And now we're like, oh my gosh, yes, what do I have to do to be saved? Is he going to say, believe and do a whole bunch of stuff? What's he going to say? Edge my seat. I don't know. Craig, tell us. Stop stalling. Craig, go, go, go. You guys don't respond, so I'm going to start responding for myself. It's all good. So verse 31, here we go. Edge of our seats, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved. (laughs) It's pretty simple, right? Believe, right? So again, he's not saying you've got to have faith and works to save you. He's saying, no, 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 works to show that you're saved, right? It's real clear. Um, Ephesians 2, this is a real classic one. You guys, most of you could probably quote this one. But I love this because the way Paul says it, it's um, very, very similar to what James is saying. So Ephesians 2 Uh, 8 to 10, God saved you by his grace when you believed, full stop, same thing, right? Salvation is purely from believing in God, believing in Jesus, the cross, and all that stuff we talk about here all the time, and you can't can't take credit for this, it's a gift from God, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it, but but now in verse 10, he's going to do exactly what James did, he's saying you're saved, but when you're saved, you should naturally see stuff coming out of you that's good, right? Verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece, which is such a mm mm phrase. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Same thing, right? You see it, right? Exactly the same thing that, um, that James has been saying. Okay, I just want to finish with this pretty blunt <laughs> verse. James 2.26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works, um, just simply meaning what do you see coming out of you if you don't see a, a desire to fight sin, if you don't see a desire to serve God in some way, again, in your community, in your church, in your family, then James would say you're not saved because it's a natural outflow, right? Um, so as you know, I used to work at a Bible college, and probably the most common question I got asked by students, like all the time, what well, especially, well, anyway, was how do I know if I'm a Christian? (laughs) And heaps of them would be really, really worried. And they'd be like, how do I know if I'm a Christian? I remember students come out to me after lectures, almost in tears, going, how do I know? What what if I got run over now? And would I go to heaven? Am I saved or stuff? And my my answer nearly every time was just, what's the fruit? (laughs) What fruit are you seeing in your life? What's coming out of your life? If you're not seeing a desire to serve God and obey Him and read the Bible and yada, 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 then no, you are not saved. That's what James says. But if when you look at your life, you're like, oh, man, I I do want to serve God in my family. I do want to serve God in the community. I do want to serve God at, at church. Oh, my gosh, I'm saved. It's like, whoa. Now, the crazy thing is, usually every year, at least every second year, we'd get one or two students who'd become Christians at Bible college of all places because I'd have that conversation, and they would go, there is no fruit for Jesus coming out of me at all. <laughs> and it's that demons believe thing, right? It's that verse 19. It's that, man, I have a profession of faith, but it's never sunk down into my soul. So, of course, there's no fruit of God coming out of me. And they would freak out and then go, quick, let's pray. <laughs> you know, And then you'd see them just change over the rest of the year because now it's not just a profession. It's that real relationship with Jesus. So, Etu, stand up and let me pray for it for us. Um, As you're standing up though, I obviously have to ask this question, eh? Um, And again, some of you I don't know, and so I feel a bit rough asking it, but I have to ask it, right? On what basis do you say you're saved? (laughs) On what basis do you say you really have saving faith that you're in a relationship with God? And how do you know it's not just a profession of faith, right? Right? And the, the simple answer is, do you have that natural desire to serve God in some way? Do you have that natural desire to say, Jesus, I want to obey you? And if you don't, <laughs> then not me, but James would say, or Paul would say, you're not saved. You just believe in quotes in God, which is scary. <laughs> um, so yeah, podcast video people, um, everyone in this room, I, mean, I would love to sit with you and have a chat or pray or Joe, or anyone you know in our church who's you see their love. You see their actions. Grab them and say, hang on a minute. I need to I need to figure this out. Yeah, let me pray. Yeah, kia ora, almighty God. Thanks for making it so clear in James. I, I think in our society now, we have more and more people who think they're saved, but they're really not, because we're such a, like, welcoming into church and be part of our church, and there's just no fruit. So I know there's seasons, eh? There's always seasons where we're just in a, hard place, and and we just don't have any energy to serve. It's really hard. Um, so I don't know, I just really call out to you now, Almighty God, Creator of the universe, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, for just clarity of thought for people, anyone listening online, um, anyone in this room who's now going, whoa, am I on what basis do I actually claim to be in a relationship with God? So give them clarity of thought, God. Give them boldness to find someone to talk to, process this through with a... Yeah. Yeah. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.